Welcome to this episode of LDS Gospel Podcast, Sound Access to the Spirit. Here you can stream or download complete voice recordings of LDS Sunday School Gospel Doctrine reading assignments as they are written in the class member study guide. Listen to the content of lesson assignments in their entirety with just one click. This episode is from the Doctrine and Covenants in Church History. It is Lesson 27. They must needs be chastened and tried, even as Abraham. Reading the introduction from the study guide, from 1831 to 1833, many saints settled in Jackson County, Missouri, which the Lord had designated as the center stake of Zion. But because of the transgressions of some church members and the persecutions of the local citizens, the saints were driven from Jackson County in the fall of 1833. Some questions to ponder. What reasons did the Lord give for allowing afflictions to come upon the saints in Missouri? For what purposes does the Lord chasten his people? And how did the Lord show compassion for the saints after chastening them. How have you felt the Lord's love and mercy in times of special need? First, we're gonna try to set the stage for the revelations that came through in the reading assignment sections from the Doctrine and Covenants by reading from Our Heritage from pages 27 through 29 and 37 through 45. And I will announce the headings for each of these sections. The first heading is Training of the Leaders in Zion's Camp. The church was in great need of priesthood leaders who had been tried, given experience, and proven faithful, who would remain true to the Lord and his prophet under any circumstances. An opportunity to prove obedience in difficult circumstances and to be trained personally by the prophet Joseph Smith was provided by the March of Zion's Camp. Zion's Camp was organized to help the saints in Missouri who were being severely persecuted because of their religious beliefs. Many had been driven from their homes. On February 24, 1834, the Lord revealed to Joseph Smith that he should organize a group of men to march from Kirtland to Missouri and help restore the saints to their lands. So, at that suggestion, let's go to Doctrine and Covenants, section 103. This revelation was given through Joseph Smith the Prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, February 24, 1834. This revelation was received after the arrival in Kirtland, Ohio, of Parley P. Pratt and Lyman White, who had come from Missouri to counsel with the prophet as to the relief and restoration of the saints to their lands in Jackson County. Starting now with verse 1. Verily I say unto you, my friends, behold, I will give unto you a revelation and commandment, that you may know how to act in the discharge of your duties concerning the salvation and redemption of your brethren who have been scattered on the land of Zion being driven and smitten by the hands of mine enemies, on whom I will pour out my wrath without measure in mine own time. For I have suffered them thus far that they might fill up the measure of their iniquities, that their cup might be full, and that those who call themselves after my name might be chastened for a little season with a sore and grievous chastisement, because they did not hearken altogether unto the precepts and commandments which I gave unto them. But verily I say unto you, that I have decreed a decree which my people shall realize inasmuch as they hearken from this very hour unto the counsel which I, the Lord their God, shall give unto them. Behold, they shall, for I have decreed it, begin to prevail against mine enemies from this very hour. And by hearkening to observe all the words which I, the Lord their God, shall speak unto them, they shall never cease to prevail until the kingdoms of the world are subdued under my feet. And the earth is given unto the saints to possess it forever and ever. 
But inasmuch as they keep not my commandments and hearken not to observe all my words, the kingdoms of the world shall prevail against them. For they were set to be a light unto the world and to be the saviors of men. And inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are as salt that has lost its savor and is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. But verily I say unto you, I have decreed that your brethren which have been scattered shall return to the lands of their inheritances and shall build up the waste places of Zion. For after much tribulation, as I have said unto you in a former commandment, cometh the blessing. Behold, this is the blessing which I have promised after your tribulations and the tribulations of your brethren, your redemption and the redemption of your brethren, even their restoration to the land of Zion, to be established, no more to be thrown down. Nevertheless, if they pollute their inheritances, they shall be thrown down, for I will not spare them if they pollute their inheritances. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man, who shall lead them like a Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel, and of the seed of Abraham, and ye must be led out of bondage by power, and with a stretched out arm. And as your fathers were led at the first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore, let not your hearts faint, for I say not unto you, as I said unto your fathers, Mine angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. But I say unto you, Mine angel shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time ye shall possess the goodly land. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I have given unto you. Therefore, let my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., say unto the strength of my house, my young men and the middle-aged, Gather yourselves together unto the land of Zion, upon the land which I have bought with money that has been consecrated unto me. And let all the churches send up wise men with their monies and purchase lands even as I have commanded them. And inasmuch as mine enemies come against you to drive you from my goodly land, which I have consecrated to be the land of Zion, even from your own lands, after these testimonies which ye have brought before me against them, ye shall curse them. And whomsoever ye curse, I will curse and ye shall avenge me of mine enemies. And my presence shall be with you even in avenging me of mine enemies unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake, for whoso layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again, and whoso is not willing to lay down his life for my sake is not my disciple. It is my will that my servant, Sidney Rigdon, shall lift up his voice in the congregations in the eastern countries in preparing the churches to keep the commandments which I have given unto them concerning the restoration and redemption of Zion. It is my will that my servant, Parley P. Pratt, and my servant, Lyman White, should not return to the land of their brethren until they have obtained companies to go up into the land of Zion by tens or by twenties or by fifties or by an hundred until they have obtained to the number of five hundred of the strength of my house. Behold, this is my will. Ask and ye shall receive. But men do not always do my will. Therefore, if you cannot obtain five hundred, seek diligently that peradventure you may obtain three hundred. And if you cannot obtain three hundred, seek diligently that peradventure ye may obtain one hundred. But verily I say unto you a commandment I give unto you, 
that ye shall not go up unto the land of Zion until you have obtained a hundred of the strength of my house to go up with you into the land of Zion. Therefore, as I said unto you, Ask, and ye shall receive. Pray earnestly that peradventure my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., may go with you and preside in the midst of my people and organize my kingdom upon the consecrated land and establish the children of Zion upon the laws and commandments which have been and which shall be given unto you. All victory and glory is brought to pass unto you through your diligence, faithfulness, and prayers of faith. Let my servant Parley P. Pratt journey with my servant Joseph Smith, Jr. Let my servant Lyman White journey with my servant Sidney Rigdon. Let my servant Hiram Smith journey with my servant Frederick G. Williams. Let my servant Orson Hyde journey with my servant Orson Pratt. Whithersoever my servant Joseph Smith, Jr. shall counsel them in obtaining the fulfillment of these commandments which I have given unto you, and even the residue in my hands. Even so, amen. Reading back from the introduction in the study guide, the Lord promised that his presence would go with them and that all victory and glory would be brought to pass through their diligence, faithfulness, and prayers of faith. Most of the original members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and Quorum of the Seventy were prepared for their future responsibilities by this experience. Zion's camp was formally organized in New Portage, Ohio, on the 6th of May, 1834. It eventually included 207 men, 11 women, and 11 children, whom the prophet divided into companies of tens and fifties, instructing each group to elect a captain. One recruit, Joseph Holbrook, reported that the camp was organized according to the ancient order of Israel. For 45 days they marched together to Clay County, Missouri, a distance of over 1,000 miles. They traveled as quickly as possible and under harsh conditions. It was very difficult to get enough food. The men were often required to eat limited portions of coarse bread, rancid butter, cornmeal mush, strong honey, raw pork, rotten ham, and maggot-infested bacon and cheese. George A. Smith, who was later to become an apostle, wrote that he was frequently hungry, quote, I was so weary, hungry, and sleepy that I dreamed while walking along the road of seeing a beautiful stream of water by a pleasant shade tree and a nice loaf of bread and a bottle of milk laid out on a cloth by the side of the spring." End quote. The camp placed great emphasis on spirituality and obeying the commandments. On Sundays they held meetings and partook of the sacrament. The prophet often taught the doctrines of the kingdom. He said, quote, God was with us and his angels went before us and the faith of our little band was unwavering. We know the angels were our companions for we saw them, End quote. However, the difficulties of the camp began to take their toll on the participants. This refining process revealed the grumblers who did not have the spirit of obedience and often faulted Joseph for their troubles. On 17 May, the prophet exhorted those who were possessed with a rebellious spirit, quote, to humble themselves before the Lord and become united that they might not be scourged, end quote. By 18 June, the camp had reached Clay County, Missouri. However, the governor of Missouri, Daniel Dunklin, would not keep his promise to help the army of saints reinstate the church members who had been forced from their homes. For some in the camp, the failure of this military objective was the final test of their faith. Disappointed and angry, some openly rebelled, 
As a result, the prophet warned them that the Lord would send upon them a devastating scourge. Soon a calamitous epidemic of cholera spread through the camp. Before it ended, a third of the camp was afflicted, including Joseph Smith. And thereafter, 14 members of the camp died. On the 2nd of July, Joseph again warned the camp to humble themselves before the Lord and covenant to keep his commandments and said that if they did so, the plague would be stayed from that hour. The covenant was made by uplifted hands and the plague ended. In early July, the camp members were honorably discharged by the prophet. The journey had revealed who was on the Lord's side and who was worthy to serve in positions of leadership. The prophet later explained the outcome of the march, quote, God did not want you to fight. He could not organize his kingdom with 12 men to open the gospel door to the nations of the earth and with 70 men under their direction to follow in their tracks unless he took them from a body of men who had offered their lives and who had made as great a sacrifice as did Abraham. Wilford Woodruff, a member of the camp who later became the fourth president of the church, said, quote, We gained an experience that we never could have gained in any other way. We had the privilege of beholding the face of the prophet, and we had the privilege of traveling a thousand miles with him, and seeing the workings of the Spirit of God with him and the revelations of Jesus Christ unto him and the fulfillment of those revelations. Close quote. In February of 1835, five months after the discharge of the camp, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Quorum of the Seventy were organized. Seventy-nine of the 82 positions filled in the two quorums were filled by men who had been proven in the march of Zion's camp. In Kirtland, Joseph Smith continued to train future leaders. Four future presidents of the church, Brigham Young, John Taylor, Wilford Woodruff, and Lorenzo Snow, were baptized during the Kirtland years and later led the church in succession until 1901. In addition, the next three presidents, Joseph F. Smith, Heber J. Grant, and George Albert Smith, whose administrations lasted until 1951, were direct descendants of stalwart Kirtland pioneers. Continuing now to read from Our Heritage, Chapter 4, entitled, Establishing Zion in Missouri, and the subheading, the early years in Missouri. At the same time the saints were striving to build the kingdom of God in Kirtland, Ohio, many members of the church were undergoing great struggles in Jackson County, Missouri. When called upon to do so, the saints living in Colesville, New York, had willingly left their homes to gather to Kirtland. When they arrived in Ohio in mid-May 1831, they found that the land set aside for them was not available. The prophet Joseph Smith took the plight of these saints to the Lord in prayer. He had just received the revelation directing himself, Sidney Rigdon, and 28 other elders to go on a proselyting mission to Missouri, and the Lord instructed that the Coldsville saints also journey, quote, unto the land of Missouri, unquote. They were the first group of saints to settle in the land that was to become known as Zion. Newell Knight, president of the Colesville branch, immediately gathered his people. Emily Coburn related, quote, We most truly were a band of pilgrims, started out to seek a better country. Unquote. At Wellsville, Ohio, they boarded a steamboat and using the Ohio, Mississippi, and Missouri rivers, traveled to Jackson County, Missouri. The captain of the steamboat said that they, quote, were the most peaceable and quiet immigrants they had ever carried west. 
no profanity, no bad language, no gambling, and no drinking, close quote. Using an overland route, the prophet and other church leaders hurried ahead of the Colesville Saints to make advance arrangements for locating them in Jackson County. The prophet's party reached Independence, Missouri on 14 July 1831. After viewing the country and prayerfully seeking divine guidance, the prophet said, quote, The Lord manifested himself unto me and designated to me and others the very spot upon which he designed to commence the work of the gathering and the upbuilding of an holy city which should be called Zion." Unquote. This revelation specified that Missouri was the place intended by the Lord for the gathering of the saints, and that, quote, the place which is now called Independence is the center place and a spot for the temple is lying westward upon a lot which is not far from the courthouse." The saints were to buy every tract of land lying west of that city to the line separating the state of Missouri and Indian Territory. Joseph Smith and Bishop Partridge acquired land for the Colesville branch in Caw Township some 12 miles west of Independence. On 2 August, 1831, after the arrival of the branch members, a ceremony was conducted that was filled with symbolism. Twelve men, representing the twelve tribes of Israel, carried a freshly cut oak log and placed it across a stone that had been set by Oliver Cowdery, thus laying the symbolic foundation for the establishment of Zion. From that humble beginning, the saints constructed a building that was used as both a church and a schoolhouse. On the following day, a number of the brethren gathered at an elevated point one-half mile west of the Independence Courthouse. The Prophet Joseph Smith set in place the cornerstone for the contemplated temple and dedicated it in the name of the Lord. The central feature of the land of Zion was to be the house of the Lord. The prophet returned to Kirtland and the saints in Jackson County began to receive parcels of land from Bishop Edward Partridge. They were very poor and did not even have tents to protect them from the elements while building cabins. They were almost entirely without farm implements until teams were sent more than 200 miles east to St. Louis to obtain them. Once the saints were outfitted, they began to break up the ground for planting. Greatly impressed by what she witnessed, Emily Coburn related, quote, It was a strange sight indeed to see four or five yoke of oxen turning up the rich soil. Fencing and other improvements went on in rapid succession. Cabins were built and prepared for families as fast as time, money, and labor could accomplish the work. Close quote. Despite the inconveniences of the frontier, Colesville Saints remained cheerful and happy. Parley P. Pratt, who settled with them, said, quote, We enjoyed many happy seasons in our prayer and other meetings and the Spirit of the Lord was poured out upon us and even on the little children insomuch that many of eight, ten, or twelve years of age spake and prayed and prophesied in our meetings and in our family worship. There was a spirit of peace and union and love and goodwill manifested in this little church in the wilderness, the memory of which will ever be dear to my heart." Close quote. The saints were blessed by a second visit from the prophet and Sidney Rigdon in April of 1832. These leaders had just come from a very painful experience at the John Johnson Farm in Hiram, Ohio, where they had been working on the translation of the Bible. A mob of enemies of the church had dragged Joseph Smith from his home during the night. They had choked him, stripped him, and covered his body with tar and feathers. Sidney Rigdon had been dragged by his heels along frozen, rough ground 
causing severe lacerations to his head. Now they were safe with friends. Joseph affirmed that he, quote, received a welcome only known by brethren and sisters united as one in the same faith and by the same baptism and supported by the same Lord. The Colesville branch in particular rejoiced as the ancient saints did with Paul. It is good to rejoice with the people of God. Close quote. Persecution in Jackson County Following the commandment of the Lord, Bishop Partridge purchased hundreds of acres of land in Jackson County for the many saints who were immigrating from Ohio and elsewhere. The leaders initially set up the Independence, Colesville, Whitmer, Big Blue, and Prairie branches for these members. A total of ten branches were established by the latter part of 1833. There were probably more than 1,000 saints present when the combined branches met at the Big Blue River in April 1833 to celebrate the third anniversary of the founding of the church. Newell Knight said that this gathering was the first commemoration of its kind in Zion and the saints had a spirit of general rejoicing. However, Newell also observed, quote, when the saints rejoice, the devil is mad, and his children and servants partake of his spirit. Close quote. Before April had ended, the spirit of persecution manifested itself. At an early stage, local citizens warned church members that they were displeased with the arrival of so many Latter-day Saints, who they feared, would soon overwhelm them at the voting polls. The saints were primarily from the northern states and generally were against black slavery, which was then legal in the state of Missouri. The saints' belief in the Book of Mormon as scripture, their claim that Jackson County was ultimately to be their Zion, and the assertion that they were led by a prophet were very unsettling. Two, the charge that they had contact with the Indians aroused the suspicions of the local citizens. A circular, sometimes referred to as the secret constitution, was passed around by the opposition to obtain the signatures of those willing to eliminate the Mormon scourge. These feelings of animosity culminated on 20 July 1833 when a mob numbering some 400 men, met at the courthouse in Independence to coordinate their efforts. Written demands were placed before the leaders of the church calling upon the saints to leave Jackson County, to cease printing their newspaper, the Evening and Morning Star, and to not allow any additional church members to come into Jackson County. When the mob found that the church leaders would not agree to these illegal requirements, they attacked the newspaper office, which was also the home of the editor, William W. Phelps. The attackers stole the printing press and demolished the building. Destruction of the Book of Commandments The most important project being printed at the newspaper office was the Book of Commandments, the first compilation of revelations received by the prophet Joseph Smith. When the mob attacked the building, they tossed the unbound pages of the book into the street. Seeing this, two young Latter-day Saints, Mary Elizabeth Rollins and her sister Caroline, at the peril of their own lives, sought to rescue what they could. Mary Elizabeth recalled, quote, The mob brought out some large sheets of paper and said, Here are the Mormon commandments. My sister Caroline and myself were in a corner of a fence watching them. When they spoke of the commandments, I was determined to have some of them. Sister said that if I went to get any of them, she would go too, but said, They will kill us. Unquote. While the mob was busy at one end of the house, the two girls ran and filled their arms with the precious sheets. The mob saw them and ordered the girls to stop. 
Mary Elizabeth reported, quote, We ran as fast as we could. Two of them started after us. Seeing a gap in a fence, we entered into a large cornfield, laid the papers on the ground, and hid them with our persons. The corn was from five to six feet high and very thick. They hunted around considerable and came very near us but did not find us." When the ruffians had gone, the girls made their way to an old log stable. Here, as reported by Mary Elizabeth, they found that, quote, Sister Phelps and children were carrying in brush and piling it up at one side of the barn to lay their beds on. She asked me what I had. I told her. She then took them from us. They got them bound in small books and sent me one which I prized very highly." Tarring and Feathering of Bishop Partridge The mob next seized Bishop Edward Partridge and Charles Allen. They were taken to the public square in Independence and commanded to renounce the Book of Mormon and leave the country. Bishop Partridge said, I told them that the saints had suffered persecution in all ages of the world, that I had done nothing which ought to offend anyone, that if they abused me, they would abuse an innocent person, that I was willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, but to leave the country, I was not then willing to consent to it." With this refusal, The men were stripped of their outer clothing and their bodies were covered with tar and feathers. Bishop Partridge observed, I bore my abuse with so much resignation and meekness that it appeared to astound the multitude who permitted me to retire in silence, many looking very solemn, their sympathies having been touched as I thought, and to myself, I was so filled with the spirit and love of God that I had no hatred towards my persecutors or anyone else." Battle of the Big Blue The mob came again on 23 July, and church leaders offered themselves as ransom if they would not harm the people but the mob threatened injury to the whole church and forced the brethren to agree that all Latter-day Saints would leave the country. As the actions of the mob were illegal, running counter to the constitutions of the United States and the state of Missouri, church leaders sought the aid of the governor of the state, Daniel Dunklin. He advised them of their civil rights and directed the saints to get legal counsel. Alexander W. Donovan and others were hired to represent church members, an action that further infuriated the mob. At first, the Latter-day Saints attempted to avoid direct conflict. However, the beatings of members and the destruction of property eventually led to a battle near the Big Blue River. Two members of the mob were killed, and the Saints lost Andrew Barber. Philo Dibble, was shot three times in the stomach. Newell Knight was called to administer to him with miraculous results. Brother Dibble related, Brother Newell Knight came to see me and sat down on the side of my bed. I felt the spirit resting upon me at the crown of my head before his hand touched me, and I knew immediately that I was going to be healed. I immediately arose and discharged three quarts of blood or more with some pieces of clothes that had been driven into my body by the bullets. I then dressed myself and went outdoors. From that time, not a drop of blood came from me, and I never afterwards felt the slightest pain or inconvenience from my wounds, except that I was somewhat weak from the loss of blood." Governor Dunklin interceded and instructed Colonel Thomas Pitcher to disarm both sides. However, Colonel Pitcher's sympathies were with the mob, and he took the weapons from the saints and delivered them to the mob. 
The defenseless saints were attacked and their homes destroyed. The men had to seek refuge in the woods or suffer severe beatings. Finally, church leaders called on the people to take their belongings and flee from Jackson County. Refuge in Clay County In late 1833, the majority of the saints crossed the Missouri River north into Clay County and found temporary refuge there, as described by Parley P. Pratt. Quote, The shore began to be lined on both sides of the ferry with men, women, and children, goods, wagons, boxes, provisions, etc., while the ferry was constantly employed, and when the night again closed upon us, the cottonwood bottom had much the appearance of a camp meeting. Hundreds of people were seen in every direction, some in tents and some in the open air around their fires, while the rain descended in torrents. Husbands were inquiring for their wives, wives for their husbands, parents for children, and children for parents. Some had the good fortune to escape with their families, household goods, and some provisions, while others knew not the fate of their friends and had lost all their goods. The scene would have melted the hearts of any people on the earth, except our blind oppressors and a blind and ignorant community, close quote. The opportunity to build Zion and a temple to their God in Jackson County was thus temporarily wrested from the saints. About 1,200 church members now did what was necessary to survive in an inhospitable winter by the river in Clay County. Some took shelter in wagon boxes, tents, or dugouts in the hillside, while others occupied abandoned cabins. Newell Knight endured the winter in an Indian wigwam. One of the first buildings constructed by the saints in Clay County was a small log church house in which to worship. Here they, quote, did not forget to return thanks unto Almighty God for deliverance from the hands of their vile enemies and to seek his protecting care for the future that he would soften the hearts of the people to whom they had fled, that they might find among them something to sustain themselves. Close quote. Persecution of Zion's Camp As described in Chapter 3, the Lord commanded Joseph Smith to gather a group of men to march from Kirtland to Missouri to help the saints who had been driven from their lands in Jackson County. When Zion's camp reached eastern Clay County, Missouri, in late June 1834, a mob of over 300 Missourians came out to meet them, intent on their destruction. Under the direction of the Prophet Joseph, the brethren set up camp at the junction of the Little and Big Fishing Rivers. The mob began to attack with cannon fire, but the Lord was fighting the battle of the saints. Clouds quickly began to form overhead. The prophet described the circumstances, quote, It began to rain and hail. The storm was tremendous. Wind and rain, hail and thunder met them in great wrath and soon softened their direful courage and frustrated all their designs to kill Joe Smith and his army. They crawled under wagons, into hollow trees, filled one old shanty, till the storm was over when their ammunition was soaked. Close quote. After experiencing the pelting of the storm all night, quote, this forlorn hope took the back track for independence, to join the main body of the mob fully satisfied that when Jehovah fights, they would rather be absent. It seemed as if the mandate of vengeance had gone forth from the God of battles to protect his servants from the destruction of their enemies. Quote. When it became apparent that a mob army was confronting the saints and that Governor Dunklin would not keep his promise to help them, the prophet prayed for instruction from the Lord. 
The Lord told him that conditions were not then right for the redemption of Zion. The saints had much to do to prepare their personal lives in order to build Zion. Many of them had not yet learned to be obedient to the things the Lord required. Quote, Zion cannot be built up unless it is by the principles of the law of the celestial kingdom. Otherwise, I cannot receive her unto myself. And my people must needs be chastened until they learn obedience, if it must needs be by the things which they suffer. The Lord instructed that Zion's camp should not pursue its military objective. Quote, in consequence of the transgressions of my people, it is expedient in me that mine elders should wait for a little season for the redemption of Zion, that they themselves may be prepared, and that my people may be taught more perfectly. The brethren in Zion's camp were honorably released, and the prophet returned to Kirtland. That concludes the reading assignment from Our Heritage. Now we'll read Doctrine and Covenants, section 101, which was a revelation given to Joseph Smith the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, December 16th and 17th, 1833. At this time, the saints who had gathered in Missouri were suffering great persecution. Mobs had driven them from their homes in Jackson County, and some of the saints had tried to establish themselves in Van Buren, Lafayette, and Ray counties, but persecution followed them. The main body of the saints was at the time in Clay County, Missouri. Threats of death against individuals of the church were many. The saints in Jackson County had lost household furniture, clothing, livestock, and other personal property, and many of their crops had been destroyed. Starting now, verse 1. Verily I say unto you concerning your brethren who have been afflicted and persecuted and cast out from the land of their inheritance. I, the Lord, have suffered the affliction to come upon them, wherewith they have been afflicted in consequence of their transgressions. Yet I will own them, and they shall be mine in that day when I shall come to make up my jewels. Therefore, they must needs be chastened and tried, even as Abraham, who was commanded to offer up his only son. For all those who will not endure chastening, but deny me, cannot be sanctified. Behold, I say unto you, there were jarrings and contentions and envyings and strifes and lustful and covetous desires among them. Therefore, by these things they polluted their inheritances. They were slow to hearken unto the voice of the Lord their God. Therefore the Lord their God is slow to hearken unto their prayers, to answer them in the day of their trouble. In the day of their peace they esteemed lightly my counsel, but in the day of their trouble of necessity they feel after me. Therefore I say unto you, notwithstanding their sins, my bowels are filled with compassion towards them. I will not utterly cast them off, and in the day of wrath I will remember mercy. I have sworn, and the decree hath gone forth by a former commandment which I have given unto you, that I would let fall the sword of mine indignation in behalf of my people, and even as I have said, it shall come to pass. Mine indignation is soon to be poured out without measure upon all nations. And this I will do when the cup of their iniquity is full. And in that day, all who are found upon the watchtower, or in other words, all mine Israel, shall be saved. And they that have been scattered shall be gathered. And they who have mourned shall be comforted. And all they who have mourned shall be comforted. And all they who have given their lives for my name's sake shall be crowned. Therefore, let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion, for all flesh is in mine hands. Be still and know that I am God. 
Zion shall not be moved out of her place, notwithstanding her children are scattered. They that remain and are pure in heart shall return and come to their inheritances, that they and their children with songs of everlasting joy to build up the waste places of Zion. And all these things that the prophets might be fulfilled. And behold, there is none other place appointed than that which I have appointed, neither shall there be any other place appointed than that which I have appointed for the work of the gathering of my saints. Until the day cometh when there is found no more room for them, and then I have other places which I will appoint unto them, and they shall be called stakes for the curtains of the strength of Zion. Behold, it is my will that all they who call on my name and worship me according to mine everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places and prepare for the revelation which is to come when the veil of the covering of my temple in my tabernacle which hideth the earth shall be taken off and all flesh shall see me together. And every corruptible thing, both of man or of the beasts of the field or of the fowls of the heavens or of the fish of the sea that dwells upon all the face of the earth shall be consumed and also that of element shall melt with fervent heat. And all things shall become new, that my knowledge and glory may dwell upon all the earth. And in that day the enmity of man and the enmity of beasts, yea, the enmity of all flesh, shall cease from before my face. And in that day whatsoever any man shall ask, it shall be given unto him, and in that day Satan shall not have power to tempt any man, and there shall be no sorrow, because there is no death. In that day an infant shall not die until he is old, and his life shall be as the age of a tree, and when he dies he shall not sleep, that is to say, in the earth, but shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and shall be caught up, and his rest shall be glorious. Yea, verily I say unto you, in that day when the Lord shall come, he shall reveal all things, things which have passed, and hidden things which no man knew, things of the earth by which it was made, and the purpose and the end thereof, things most precious, things that are above, and things that are beneath, things that are in the earth, and upon the earth, and in heaven, and all they who suffer persecution for my name, and endure in faith, though they are called to lay down their lives for my sake, yet shall they partake of all this glory. Wherefore, fear not even unto death, for in this world your joy is not full, but in me your joy is full. Therefore care not for the body, neither the life of the body, but care for the soul and for the life of the soul, and seek the face of the Lord always, that in patience ye may possess your souls, and ye shall have eternal life. When men are called unto mine everlasting gospel, and covenant with an everlasting covenant, they are accounted as the salt of the earth and the savor of men. They are called to be the savor of men. Therefore, if that salt of the earth lose its savor, behold, it is thenceforth good for nothing, only to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Behold, here is wisdom concerning the children of Zion, even many, but not all. They were found transgressors. Therefore they must needs be chastened. He that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that abaseth himself shall be exalted. And now I will show unto you a parable, that you may know my will concerning the redemption of Zion. A certain nobleman had a spot of land very choice, and he said unto his servants, Go ye unto my vineyard, even upon this very choice piece of land, and plant twelve olive trees, 
and set watchmen round about them, and build a tower that one may overlook the land round about, to be a watchman on the tower, that mine olive trees may not be broken down when the enemy shall come to spoil and take upon themselves the fruit of my vineyard. Now the servants of the nobleman went and did as their lord commanded them and planted the olive trees and built a hedge round about and set watchmen and began to build a tower. And while they were yet laying the foundation thereof, they began to say among themselves, And what need hath my lord of this tower? And consulted for a long time, saying among themselves, What need hath my lord of this tower, seeing this is a time of peace? Might not this money be given to the exchangers? For there is no need of these things. And when they were at variance one with another, they became very slothful, and they hearkened not unto the commandments of their lord. And the enemy came by night, and broke down the hedge, and the servants of the nobleman arose and were affrighted, and fled. And the enemy destroyed their works, and broke down the olive trees. Now, behold, the nobleman, the lord of the vineyard, called upon his servants, and said unto them, Why, what is the cause of this great evil? Ought ye not to have done even as I commanded you, and after ye had planted the vineyard, and built the hedge round about, and set watchmen upon the walls thereof, built the tower also, and set a watchman upon the tower, and watched for my vineyard, and not have fallen asleep, lest the enemy should come upon you? And behold, the watchman upon the tower would have seen the enemy while he was yet afar off. And ye could have made ready and kept the enemy from breaking down the hedge thereof, and saved my vineyard from the hands of the destroyer. And the lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Go, and gather together the residue of my servants, and take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle age among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, Save those only whom I have appointed to tarry, and go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard, and redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen, and inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by, I may come with the residue of mine house and possess the land. And the servant said unto his Lord, When shall these things be? And he said unto his servant, When I will. Go ye straightway, and do all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And this shall be my seal and blessing upon you, a faithful and wise steward in the midst of mine house, a ruler in my kingdom. And his servant went straightway and did all things whatsoever his Lord commanded him. And after many days, all things were fulfilled. Again, verily I say unto you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches, inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in a right and proper way for their salvation that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places. For the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life, and be crowned with celestial glory, when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according as his work shall be. While the tares shall be bound in bundles, and their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Therefore a commandment I give unto all the churches, that they shall continue to gather together unto the places which I have appointed. Nevertheless, 
as I have said unto you in a former commandment, Let not your gathering be in haste, nor by flight, but let all things be prepared before you. And, in order that all things be prepared before you, observe the commandment which I have given concerning these things, which saith or teacheth to purchase all the lands with money, which can be purchased for money, in the region round about the land which I have appointed to be the land of Zion, for the beginning of the gathering of my saints. All the land which can be purchased in Jackson County and the counties round about, and leave the residue in mine hand. Now verily I say unto you, let all the churches gather together all their monies, let these things be done in their time, but not in haste, and observe to have all things prepared before you. And let honorable men be appointed, even wise men, and send them to purchase these lands. And the churches in the eastern countries, when they are built up, if they will hearken unto this counsel, they may buy lands and gather together upon them, and in this way they may establish Zion. There is even now already in store sufficient, yea, even an abundance to redeem Zion and establish her waste places, no more to be thrown down, where the churches who call themselves after my name, willing to hearken to my voice. And again I say unto you, those who have been scattered by their enemies, it is my will that they should continue to importune for redress, and redemption by the hands of those who are placed as rulers and are in authority over you, according to the laws and constitution of the people which I have suffered to be established, and should be maintained for the rights and protection of all flesh according to just and holy principles, that every man may act in doctrine and principle pertaining to futurity according to the moral agency which I have given unto him, that every man may be accountable for his own sins in the day of judgment. Therefore, it is not right that any man should be in bondage one to another. And for this purpose I have established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Now, Unto what shall I liken the children of Zion? I will liken them unto the parable of the woman and the unjust judge. For men ought always to pray and not to faint, which saith, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Thus will I liken the children of Zion. Let them importune at the feet of the judge, and if he heed them not, let them importune at the feet of the governor, and if the governor heed them not, let them importune at the feet of the president. And if the president heed them not, then will the Lord arise and come forth out of his hiding place and in his fury vex the nation. And in his hot displeasure and in his fierce anger, in his time will cut off those wicked unfaithful and unjust stewards, and appoint them their portion among hypocrites and unbelievers, even in outer darkness, where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Pray ye, therefore, that their ears may be opened unto your cries, that I may be merciful unto them, that these things may not come upon them, what I have said unto you must needs be, that all men may be left without excuse, that wise men and rulers may hear and know that which they have never considered, that I may proceed to bring to pass my act, my strange act, 
and perform my work, my strange work, that men may discern between the righteous and the wicked, saith your God. And again I say unto you, it is contrary to my commandment and my will that my servant Sidney Gilbert should sell my storehouse, which I have appointed unto my people, into the hands of mine enemies. Let not that which I have appointed be polluted by mine enemies by the consent of those who call themselves after my name, for this is a very sore and grievous sin against me and against my people in consequence of those things which I have decreed and which are soon to befall the nations. Therefore, it is my will that my people should claim and hold claim upon that which I have appointed unto them, though they should not be permitted to dwell thereon. Nevertheless, I do not say they shall not dwell thereon, for inasmuch as they bring forth fruit and works meet for my kingdom, they shall dwell thereon. They shall build, and another shall not inherit it. They shall plant vineyards, and they shall eat the fruit thereof. Even so, amen. That concludes Doctrine and Covenants section 101. Now for the scripture chain, titled, Enduring Despite Adversity. Reading first from the book of Acts, chapter 14, verses 21 and 22. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium, and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, and exhorting them to continue in faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Second Nephi chapter 2, verse 11. For it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness could not be brought to pass, neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must needs be a compound in one. Wherefore, if it should be one body, it must needs remain as dead, having no life, neither death, nor corruption, nor incorruption, happiness nor misery, neither sense nor insensibility. Mosiah chapter 24 verses 13 through 16. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their affliction, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this I will do that ye may stand as witness before me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them, that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them again, saying, be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. Doctrine and Covenants, section 50, verse 5. But blessed are they who are faithful and endure, whether in life or in death, for they shall inherit eternal life. Doctrine and Covenants, section 58, verse 2. For verily I say unto you, Blessed is he that keepeth my commandments, whether in life or in death, and he that is faithful in tribulation, the reward of the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. That concludes the scripture chain 
and all of the reading assignment for Lesson 27, They Must Needs Be Chastened and Tried, Even as Abraham. Thanks for listening to this episode of LDS Gospel Podcast. Be sure, if you have an inclination, to make a comment. This is a two-way interactive medium, so you can make comments. Be good to know if, uh, who's listening out there, if anyone. And also share with uh, your network, and also subscribe as soon as you can. Thanks again. This has been Kirk Strickland.